Well, we're back on. Um, good gosh, man, there's so much happening. It's hard to even know what to talk about. Now, this podcast right here, uh, we're going to talk about running on this pod, ultra running. We're going to talk about fitness. Um, we're going to talk about how I got started running, how to become a better runner, uh, and tell a few stories and whatnot. Here come the UPS man right now. Um, bringing my book. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, look, you know, we get so caught up in all the other things that are going on, right? Uh, sometimes I feel like I don't give my my running people enough love, you, you know? Get back to the basics. Yeah, I mean, that that's how a lot of this... I, I Running is such a big part of my life, and <clears throat> I think it's a great thing for people to uh, pick up on and, and and start doing because it does a lot of things for you mentally. And there's a lot of people out there, you hear, you hear them say all the time, I'm not a runner. A lot of you guys listening to this right now are probably saying, why am I want to listen to a podcast about running? I'm not a runner. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a runner. Well, yeah, yeah, you sure wouldn't. But you, I mean, you, I can run. you do run. Yeah. You, you do run. Uh, you know, the CrossFit crowd, that's the biggest anti-runners I've ever seen in my they life. They are. I mean, them jokers are slap anti-running. You get a mile in a CrossFit workout and everybody's just, I mean, they're just dragging. Well, you know, the gym's doing a 5K tomorrow. Well, I'm signed up for it. Are you? Yeah, but uh, but you know, a CrossFitter act like they go about to die if they have to do a 5K. They can take a week off after that. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, a five now. Let me tell you, if you run a five k all out, five k is a weird distance because it's just it's just short enough where you can just blow it out. Mm-hmm. If it was any longer, you'd have to pace yourself. Yeah. So them jokers can hurt if you blow it out, and I'm gonna blow this one out tomorrow morning. Well, let me give you a goal here. Paul texted me the other day, and his kids. Set their PRs. Timmy got it in 1921. That's pretty quick. And his other boy, I guess this was Joshua, got it in 1823. That's fast. So that's what you, that's what you got to beat over there, man. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. I'm I've got I've got a lot of extra muscle on me right now. I've been. I've been hitting that CrossFit hard since we got back off the paddle mission. Yeah, you're getting too strong. I've yeah. been seeing you in there. Son, I'm going to tell you what. I blistered your butt I was on that workout uh, how was are that yesterday. You, how are you even measuring it? I measured it by you Because stopping. I stopped one time and you, caught my breath on the wall balls. And also, you trying to mess around with them stinking butterfly pull-ups. They're, That's they're a, CrossFit approved. Well, I'm going to tell you. Good gosh, there's what Nathan the, Hicks. What the world? Um. Well, let's see. Hold on. Let's just let Nathan on the podcast here. I think All I got. Right. Hello. Hold on. Hold on just a minute, PN. Hey, PN, you're on the 307 podcast. What's up, man? <laughs> what are y'all talking about? Well, right now we're talking about Blake's poor performance at the uh, CrossFit yesterday. We did a team, two-person team workout. And yeah. he was, you know, he'd do about five or six of the wall balls and he'd have to stop and take a 10 second break and he's also trying to do these dude butterfly push-ups i mean butterfly pull-ups are the silliest thing (laughs) that i've i mean what it don't that don't even that ain't even a pull-up man it is crossfit has has deemed it a pull-up the gymnastics movement yeah it's not a pull-up man what what's your take on that Look, Chad, uh, hold know, on, PN. We had a no, two-person workout. He's a guest on the podcast. And Chad man. wants to act like he won in a team workout. How do you win in the team workout? Well, Chad can find a way. Yeah, that's true. Chad wins at everything he does. Even if he Look, doesn't. Look, you guys, are, if y'all have, most of y'all have listened enough to understand everything in Chad's life is a competition, and he wins everything. <laughs> Who stove heated water faster? Who got coffees in the shortest amount of time? I mean, there's no part. The, a warrior needs an enemy. 
And if you're going to be friends with them, you just got to realize from time to time, you're going to be the enemy. And that's just because he doesn't have another one in his life in that moment. I'll, I'll give an amen to that, brother. Fast, <laughs> fastest tent set up. Yeah. Well, you, uh, you know, I was what I was calling you about, PN. Man, this paddle trip's filling up quick, dude. Is it? Yeah, I mean, it's filling up quick. We got some good, some solid yeah. candidates for this paddle trip, man. And I was just, I, I was calling to see where you were at. And that, now I know, PN, I know you need about six months. To, yeah, I started to, to say, we're not even close to it. Yeah. Considering that one. I mean, <laughs> it's in consideration, but. It's in the early phases, right? Not close yeah. to commitment, right? I mean, I think there's a set of dates for something in December I'm waiting on from you. I'm much more concerned about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. There is a set of, yeah. I need <laughs> I, I need to text those over to you. Yeah, I think it's like December 10th or something like that. He's yeah. worried about that, PN. He's buying, no, no, let's, he go, just let's bought, down that trip in July. He just bought 12 kayaks. Man, I just bought 12 kayaks, dude. Good grief. Oh, it's on, Dang. son. I, I want everyone out. I mean, I think everyone knows this is just how it works. This was all decided on about Wednesday, and then boy went out and threw down that much money. Twelve kayaks. It wasn't. It wasn't so much. I guess it was decided, but it wasn't really considered until Tuesday, and then decided on Wednesday. Well, something like that. You know what I think will make you really happy is I actually uh, one of those twelve kayaks is a special boat just for you pn and it's a command boat and oh uh, uh, well yeah it's a it's a 13 footer it's actually can be used as a tandem but uh you know you're uh, of course you're gonna paddle it solo and it's it's gonna yeah. be the command boat and i got it in a special color just for you um <laughs> it you know it, if if you have a patient or something since you're also a medic uh, we can have your patient laid out there on the deck, um, but it's supposed to be, it's got a 600-pound weight capacity, so you can right. bring everything in the kitchen sink, son. Okay, I, I feel like I'm revealing a lot of your secrets. For everyone else out there, this means that when Chad's loading his boat, he can say, hey, PN, take this. That boat holds 600 pounds. <laughs> Which is the equivalent of, hey, I don't have room in my backpack. Blake, you take this. Yeah, I got a 20 liter pack. Uh, I need you to tote this five liter med kit. Gosh dang, I just need to shut my mouth, dude. I mean, yeah, that's what happens when you just throw me on the podcast with no warning. <sighs> well, it all comes out. I'll and Chad has a trolling motor in his canoe. I bet Brett and Chili didn't say that. No, I bet they didn't know about that under. <laughs> Underboat troller he had. <laughs> uh-uh. I mean, if we're telling secrets, tell them all. Oh, my gosh, man. Well, I just figured the listeners would want to hear from PN. I mean, you know, I, I, this is the second best thing to having you live on the podcast. So. Well, this is the only yeah, way well, you can uh, get them. That's a bit. This works good. Maybe we ought to work out something where I just call in. Weekly call from PN. PN yeah, 10 minutes down the road. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to get 30 minutes from the house. <laughs> yep, we got to wait. We're going to make this a, a special. We're going to start doing three <laughs> podcasts a week, all right? Two Let's of them is going to be with, you know, in here live. And then the third one, I might just actually give PN a lav mic that he can keep in his truck. And when he wants oh, to record a podcast, he can just record it and he can mail me the SD card once a week. Yeah. From yeah, Rome. A bunch of little micro podcasts. Yep. Yep. He there can mail it, it to you from Rome to Rome. Yeah, he can mail it to me from downtown Rome to our merchie. Right. We'll get a courier. Well, thanks. Well, y'all enjoy. Thanks for calling into the podcast, PN. Yeah, good talking to you. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll hit you on the flip flop and and uh, see if I can get you get you to commit to anything. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Love you, we'll brother. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Right, see you. All right, there's your special guest for today's episode, PN. Uh, all right, let me put this thing on silent. All right, I got this phone on silent now. All right, before we dig into running, and, and speaking of 5Ks, what, last thing I want to talk about is how to choose your first race. 
um, if you want to do this and, and what distance? Because I think a lot of peop- people are hesitant just to jump into the ultra distance. But anyways, what I want to talk about, little housekeeping right here. You guys heard us talking about the paddle trip. Uh, that went out. The invitation to that mission went out to our basic course and proving ground graduates yesterday. And the team is almost full, uh, at least people who have rogered up. Uh, we haven't really officially formed the team yet, but oh my gosh, that's going to be an epic mission. Yeah. Y'all have no clue what I have in store for you guys you you have not like this is going to be the mission of the year you have no clue what i'm working on with this i'm just so excited about it man and this is really the it, it's it's what we wanted to do coming to fruition is what it is because we started with the basic course. The basic course is much more than just a basic course. The basic they call it the the students have deemed it a basic course for extraordinary people. So the basic course is so dense, man. But kind of always the vision was to get enough people to graduate the basic course and the proving grounds and have this solid foundation of knowledge and skill so that then we could take it to the next level and give them a more difficult mission to go out on. And so we have done that. Next year, we're going to run three advanced training missions, one being the paddle, and then two being alpine mountaineering trips. And so I think the basic course, the basic course is obviously still going to be there as the foundational element of training with us. Although it, we're going to cut back on the number of classes in 2022. So it's going to be, there's going to be a more coveted spot. It's already tough to get in. It's not impossible. All all you guys that send in applications, they're in my inbox. I'm about to start selection for the basic course in 2022. I'm about to start that selection probably next week. So if you've sent in an application, just know that get ready and hopefully you will get an acceptance letter soon. Uh, And then you guys... If there are extra spots in these alpine trips or in the paddle trip in 2022, you guys that do the February, March, April, May basic course, if you graduate your basic course there, then you will also, if there are spots left in these advanced training missions, you will be able to apply for those. Also also in the proven ground. Yeah, also right. for the proven ground. Yeah, that's right. I think there's like three or four spots left in the proven ground. Yeah, there's not many. There's not very many. That's in January. And so, yeah, that counts as your base of training, too, uh, in order to be selected for one of these advanced training missions. Um, And then I'm hoping also next year that we will actually be able to utilize some of our students that have graduated the entire pipeline as uh, student instructors, right? So... They're coming out on these missions now as student instructors. That's the grand vision, man. Yeah. We've just had to be patient with it, which plays into running. Y'all, I've told y'all, but y'all might have forgot. The number one reason that people quit anything, a marriage, a business, SEAL training, an ultramarathon, The number one reason I'm telling you, it's people get overwhelmed by the big picture, right? It's okay to have a vision. It's okay to have a big picture, right? But if you get too focused on that and distracted from the daily task of doing what you need to do in order to move forward, if you get too distracted from that and you all of a sudden, all you can see is 
all the things that you're going to have to do to reach the goal that you want to reach, you will become overwhelmed mentally and you might quit. Every dude that quit my SEAL training class, Bud's class 278, we started with 300, graduated with 18. If you went and interviewed every single one of those dudes that rang the bell, they would all tell you there was a distinct moment in time where all I could think about was there's no way that I can be this cold, this tired, this miserable for another four or five months. And that distinct moment, when that happened to them, that's when they went and rang the bell. When in all reality, all they had to do was do what they were doing, and it was going to end, and it was going to get better, and they would have eventually reached their goal. And that's what, that's how I operate anyways. I think Blake has really helped me, helped counsel me. Uh, well, I've always operated this way. I think Blake has helped me kind of pick it out. He says, you know, what do we do? What did, what did we do in order to build the body of 307 Project into what it is now becoming? Well, it's simply taking the work God has given us on a day-to-day -day basis and doing it to the best of our ability. You know, a lot of people get wrapped around the axle about marketing and projections and, and all these stats and numbers and where are things going. You don't even need to look at that crap. You don't even need to look at any of that. If you're operating it, in what's God call, what God's called That's you right. To do, yeah. if, if you're taking the work God gives you to do every day and you're doing it to the best of your ability, what the crap does it matter what the stats say? Yeah. If you're doing it the best you can... Well, the, the the stats don't the stats are what they are. Yeah. You know? Now it's good to see milestones. Like on the podcast, we we a couple of weeks ago, we surpassed a million downloads on the podcast. That's a milestone. Yeah. That's cool to see that. Yeah. But you know, if if I would have been thinking about over the last two years, how in the heck can I get a million downloads on the podcast and that was consuming me every day? instead of actually just sitting down and doing a good job at the podcast every day, mm -hmm. it never would have happened, man. Yeah. So there, that plays huge into running um, and also into business for us. But yes, it is becoming, it is getting to the point where we have a big enough pool of amazing human beings that are qualified, willing, and ready to go to the next level with training. <laughs> Gosh, I had this daggone thing on silent. It's, oh, yeah, just turn that down. That's somebody from Claremont, Georgia calling me. Claremont. <laughs> I don't know nobody in Claremont. Um, but, uh, hey, man, there's your little nugget there. Hopefully that helps somebody out there. Um, the Mandate Freedom shirts are just, <clears throat> I don't even know how many of these shirts we've sold. Blake, Blake and Chili are tracking on that. You, I know you don't have the numbers in front of you, Blake. Yes, I mean, it's over 300 right now. It is insane. It's insane. So you guys know the money from the profits off of these shirts are going to help people that are having to transition uh, their careers because of the vaccine mandates. So if you know someone that's been affected by these vaccine mandates and, and, it, and they have had to walk away from their career, uh, because of pressure or because simply they weren't allowed to, to do their job anymore because they chose to not get this vaccine, then please reach out to us on Instagram, 307project, the Instagram page, and uh, nominate those people because we want to get this money out to them and get it in their hands as they work through this transition. We want their family to be able to uh, to have what they need as they work through. I've had to transition before from the military to what I'm doing now, and it's scary, man. And financially, that's one of the biggest scary parts about it is the finances. So that's what this money's for is to get in the hands of families. I don't want y'all to get this twisted now. I am not anti-vaccine. I am pro. I, I, I'm you, you should have the choice to, to do this or not. I'm not here to judge you. Yeah. On your decision, it's totally, it's an individual choice of whether you, I said on my Instagram the other day, I've had, 
I've been vaccinated for crap that y'all don't even know what it is. I don't even know what it is. I spent so much time in Africa. I've been run through vaccine assembly lines. I'm talking about straight up assembly lines. On the conveyor belt. (laughs) I'm talking, I've had them all, son. Yeah. I've had them all. All right? But if you don't think that you're informed enough and you don't feel comfortable with uh, taking this coronavirus thing, you shouldn't have to do it in order to live your life. I this I don't even know why I'm having to explain this. This is common dang sense, man. It's not freedom. It's it's I mean it's not the vaccine. It's freedom versus a requirement. That's it, right. That's what we're combating is is freedom versus a requirement. They could require you to eat dog turds and <laughs> or you're fired. Then the problem is that they're requiring you to do something that is out of line with Yeah. I talked to uh, our, uh, we got a guy that uh, works a little bit around the house and he's a fireman and he comes out the house on his spare time and uh, does some work. And he said, man, you know, they're offering us $500 to get this vaccine, five a day off at work and $500. And he said, he said, you know, you know, if they're having to pay you, if they're trying to pay you to go get this, something is a little off with it. Who's and I mean, where's that coming down from? I, I asked the same question. Where's that money coming from? Well, and even where's it coming down from? Because what advantage of it is the 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 uh, local government here in Rome to give their employees an extra day off and also pay them money to get this vaccine? It's got to so be like, coming from federal. It's got to be coming from the federal level, and they, they have their hands in everything. Yeah, unless they've offered the local government, hey, we'll give you. I'm $5 million if you can get this many of your employees vaccinated. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, the Rome Fire Department ain't got $500 to give no. to every one of their firemen and women to, to, to go get a vaccine that none of them want to get anyways. They don't have that kind of budget, I would imagine. No. So, yeah, the, the federal government has their hands even in all forms. They, they are dictating even the decisions of local governments and municipalities down to that level. So I thought, good gosh, the government's paying people to get these, to get this shot. Uh, wow. Well, we're going to distribute money to, to people that choose to choose what they want to do, yep. which is the way it ought to be. And so that's what it's all about. I won't go, I won't go on no longer rant with that. That just surprised, caught me off guard when he told me that that was going on. Um, how did I get started running, man? You know, when I decided I wanted to become a SEAL in, uh, I think I was like 19 maybe, and I was working at a little B&B concrete, this concrete mix in place, and do you remember how big I was back then, Blake? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you was huge. <laughs> I was a... Uh, probably 200, at least 200 pounds. I was 200 plus. I think the biggest I ever got was like 210, 215. I wasn't fat. I was overly muscled. And, um, <laughs> like I was strong dude. And well, I decided I want to be a seal. And then when I, they, the, the recruiter, the recruiters, Navy recruiters don't know jack squat about seals. They just, they know it's some mysterious job in the Navy that they met a seal one time on when, when they were doing on their boat or something. And so they looked at me as a big muscle guy and they thought, oh man, this guy's going to make a great seal. So they gave me a contract, the recruiter did, and they sent me to a guy named Frank Cutler. Frank was the SEAL mentor or SEAL motivator in the Atlanta area, and I had to go to seal the deal on this SEAL contract. I had to take a what's called a PST, physical standards test, which is a 500-meter uh, swim, max push-up, max pull-up, max sit-up, and a mile-and-a-half run. All right? Well, I showed up to take this PST, and Frank Cutler about laughed me out of there, son. I, I mean, he told me straight up, "What are you like? You think you're gonna go to Buds like this, two hundred plus pounds, muscle?" And um, well, everybody, I thought I was in good shape. <laughs> yeah. Well, I learned how to swim after a little while, and I got to where I could pass that swim. And my push-up, pull-up, sit-ups, I got them up to just, you know, barely passing the standard. Back then, they wanted more SEALs, so it was 
you know, they were giving these contracts. Now it's like a football draft thing, like like they do draft for pro- professional sports. You have to have really high scores above what just the standard is. Well, I was just barely meeting the standard finally on the swim, push-up, pull-up, sit-up, but I could not pass the run. I couldn't pass it. I took this son of a gun probably 10 times this PST. I'd go take it once or twice a week at the Cobb Aquatic Center. And the run, a mile and a half around the track, I think you had 12 minutes and 30 seconds to do it on a mile and a half. So was that eight-minute mile, something yeah. like that? Um, so this is how I got started running. Like, I can remember when I finally figured out that this run thing was the crux of me going to be a SEAL. That's what I started focusing on. And what was funny is as I... As I started running in order to pass this PST, everything else got better. My swim times went down, my push-up, pull-up, sit-up, all those numbers went up, all because I was just running. That's what I was focusing on. I don't know how that works, but that's the way it worked. And I remember I got the worst shin splints. I don't even know if you can call them shin splints. I think my legs were broken. I think literally my shins were cracked because I would try to run. I would go take this. I would try to do a little bit of running in between going to take this PST just to get better at running. And I couldn't really run because my legs hurt so bad. Then I would go take the PST. I would fail the run. And the next day I would try to stand up and get out of bed. And there were times that I would literally put my feet on the floor and just fall down in the floor because the pain shooting up through my shins was so bad, I couldn't walk. Do you remember any of that? I don't remember it. I mean, I remember you having shins. You didn't splints, even freaking but, care about me back then. Uh, probably because you was always a butthole to me. <laughs> you didn't even care about <laughs> me, dude. Um, I yeah, that's funny how you don't even you you don't, don't even remember all that. The dude. whole your whole. I mean, like I remember you going and taking the test and things, but I I don't remember much about that process at all you weren't even hanging with me back then you wouldn't let me no man i don't even know what you were doing back then what how old were you 19 so i was 14 maybe ninth grade or something yeah didn't even want to hang with big brother you never you never want you remember all the times i wanted to go coon hunting you would never let me go with you you had we had that stretch of probably three or four years where you just you just doing your own thing didn't want to hang out with me I was even crazy back then. Yeah, I I just I had become all consumed with this thing. And I wasn't thinking about nobody else. All I was thinking about was getting to go do this Navy SEAL thing, right? Yeah. Well, so the reason I'm telling you this story is because when you first start running, don't just think that that you're just going to go out there and just start running like pain-free. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt, man. You might you may not have shin splints like I had, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you it's going to take something's going to happen. Your IT band's going to flare up. I've done I've had that problem. You're you're going to have some crap going on with your knees or you're going to have some plantar fasciitis or you're going to yeah. have some shin splints. You're definitely going to have some stomach issues if you do some long running. Well, yeah, you might have that, but you know, just initially, I'm talking about this was my first time. I'm talking about running a mile and a half oh, okay. at a time. Yeah. Like, understand, if you go out and you decide you want to start running and something starts starts hurting, like, you can't just give up because this is what's unique about running, I think, versus kind of other, um, I don't know, forms of fitness. Running takes some long-term adaptations. Your body has to make some adaptations and it takes a while for your body to work through that to for you to get to the point where you can go out here and run a hundred miles and really have no adverse side effects right Mm -hmm. all these little things you got going on like your shin splints your your it bands flaring up your bottom of your feet hurt all this stuff it ain't none of that's gonna none of that's gonna injure you and take you out of the running game uh for you know, the rest of your life. That's just all normal part of the process. Your body is not adapted to running. 
because unfortunately the way society is, we don't run anymore. Yeah. Your body just gets out of practice of it, man. So like when I would have these shin splints, yeah, after I'd take the PST, my, when my legs would hurt so bad I couldn't even walk, obviously I wouldn't go out and run the next day. I would give it a day or two or three until they started feeling good enough that I thought I could go out and jog. And I would go out and jog. And as soon as I started jogging, they would start hurting again. And I would just keep going. And then I have to take another day or two or three off. You know what I mean? Um, same with IT band, your IT band, I, my freaking IT band has hurt so bad before. I thought I was just going to explode. I thought my knee was going to explode. A lot of guys quit buds because of their IT band. Your IT band is, is, is you I, don't I need it. I imagine there's people out there who have stressed their IT band out to the point that it actually snapped. Uh, somebody I'm sure has done it. All right. But it's not an injury. It's not going to take you out of the game permanently. If it gets to the point that you can't run, you just got to take some time off. The inflammation will go down, and then you need to start running again. You need to ease back into it, right? And eventually, you're going to get to the point if you stay at this long enough, those adaptations are made. Your bones actually get harder. Your muscles, your ligaments, your tendons, all those things make adaptations for you to then be able to run comfortably for a long distance all right i I just want to let you guys know that because people say i'm not a runner how do i become a better runner you becoming a good runner is not something that you're going to achieve overnight it's not even something that you're going to achieve in the span of a year yeah it's going to take multiple years it's taken me it's taken me now uh, well, well over a decade to be able to run the way that I run a decade of running. All right. Yeah. And I'll say too, that even just in what little bit of running I do, you learn your body and, and you, you will begin to know, like if something happens, if it's an injury or if it's just like a muscle fatigue or whatever. Cause I mean, I just remember running and you know, my knee would start hurting a little bit and I'm like, dang, I, I never felt that before. And then I would, depending on how much it hurt, I would either just head back to the truck or, or keep going. And then I would wait and see the next day, like, is it still hurting or did it go away? And then, then you, at least I could start to gauge, I guess, injury versus just like some kind of little flare up. Because, I mean, if you don't ever run, which I didn't, when I was training for that first 50, 50 miler, I mean, before that, I didn't run any. So when I started doing that, it just helped me gauge from a very nothing, no running at all, to now starting to learn, is this a, something bad or is it just like a little nothing? You know? Oh, yeah. You'll know it when you if you get an actual injury, you will know it. Yeah. Because you will be down hard. And there will be swelling and there will be bruising. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be significant signs of what is an actual injury and an actual injury does not feel like shin splints right. or it band problems or pain in the bottom of your feet. All right. And a lot of the pain that you get when you're not running, like uh, I had some plantar fasciitis at one point and it hurt when I wasn't running, but after about a half a mile, it, it didn't hurt when I ran. Now, yeah. when I stopped, it would start hurting again. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, a lot of the stuff, like you say, to just, I mean, it, it's like don't you can't take our advice to go run if you're still hurting. You make your own decision. But a lot of things that hurt when you don't run, for me, would go away when I did run. Yeah. I mean, I would push, when I had these shin splints when I first started running, if I could run, I would run. Yeah. Like, I didn't have a choice in the matter because when they were actually flared up, I simply could not run. Yeah. Like... There, there was no, I had no choice in the matter. I couldn't run. But once I rested them enough to the point that I said, okay, I think I can get out and put some impact on, on my feet here. Yeah. Then, then, then I was out going again. But, and I mean, now that's, I mean, you might would advise it. If you're telling me, I'm not, I'm not advising that. Like if you don't have a hard deadline and you can give yourself a little bit longer to rest, I think it's probably better for you for the long term of your running career. Well, I, but, I mean, I'm not advising anything. I'm telling you what I did. Yeah. 
that's what I did, and it worked out for me. Yeah, uh, I mean, my body made the adaptations over the course of time. Now, I ha- I dealt with these shin splints for probably eight months, all right? And they finally got better, and I've never had a shin splint again in my entire life. Yeah. Never. Same with IT band. IT band flared up a few years ago when I first started ultra running. Uh, I did the same thing with the IT band and worked through it. It's it's literally never hurt again my, the, for years now. Yeah. Um, so that's the way I roll with it. And so and the answer, how to become a better runner. One, you have to be patient with the process of becoming a better runner. You have to stay with it. You have to ease into it. Don't go and find a training program online. When you decide you want to run your first 50K or you want to run your first ultra, don't go look at one of these dang training plans online that has you starting off with a 30-mile week, then three, four weeks later jumping up to a 60-mile week, and then peaking out at an 80 to 100-mile week. You are not going to do that. All right? Whoever puts these free training plans... Look, if you find a a free training plan online... There's a reason it's free. Yeah. There is a reason it's free, and it's because it sucks. Yeah. All right? Which leads me into the next part, training, specifically for ultra running. I don't know how to train for a fast marathon. I don't know how to train for a fast 5K. I, I, I don't. That's not my wheelhouse, right? But training for long-distance running, high mileage versus consistency, uh, I would recommend being consistent with your running versus running these high volume long runs every week a lot of these training plans you'll see have long runs every weekend back to back by long run i'm talking about 20 20 plus miles 18 to to 25 26 miles um i am more about running consistently every single day somewhere in the range of 6 to 12 miles um, that's usually where my runs usually fall into sometimes less, sometimes four, uh, rarely do I run less than four miles. If I'm going to go out and run, I'm going to run more at four miles or more. Um, but consistency is how I train and what I value in running long distance. Consistency means running every day. And that's what I do. I rarely do a long run before the mid state mile. I think the longest run I did was I did 10 reps up and down the mountain. So that's 30 miles. Really slow. I did it one time. 30 miles was the longest training run I did before mid-state mile. And I did it one time. About probably five weeks, four weeks before the race. All right. Other than that, I just ran every day. And that was over like a period of time, right? Didn't you stop and do like go and eat you a snack or whatever at the house. Like, yeah. It wasn't just run, 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 stop. I'm, I think I remember you taking like an hour break or something. So Yeah. And I like to do that a lot too. Yeah. So the the days that – the times that I do implement long runs is I'm, I may do 30 miles, 40 miles in a day, but it may be split up between three runs. Right where I've got a, a hour or two break, lunch, nap, whatever I want to do in between the runs. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, in my yeah. opinion. Um, so consistency, man. I know a lot of guys, friends of mine, that that want to go out and do these long runs every weekend, and they think they're going to reap benefits off of these. And, and and I'm sure it works for a lot of ultra runners out there. It don't work for me. Uh, and, and what I see my buddies doing that are going out doing these long runs all the time, they either blow up or they get injured. Almost every single one of them. But I mean, what I mean by blow up is they get to a point where they just slap burn out on running or their body just becomes broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you may, you may be able to do that, long, that, all that high mileage stuff for a couple years. Um, but eventually it's going to catch up to you because no matter how adapted you are to running – when you start running 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 miles, it's not good for you. It's, it's really not. Um, so, you know, that's why I choose not to do it so often in training because it's not, not good for you. I'd say a long run for me is 18 miles. Yeah. That's a long run for me. So be consistent in your training for ultra endurance stuff. I don't speed. I don't do speed work. I don't do any of that. 
I just go out. I have fun with running. Got to have fun with training. You got to run in places that you want to run. If that requires you to drive another 10, 15, 20 minutes down the road so you can get to a nice trail where you're going to be able to clear your head and enjoy that training, take take the extra time to go out there, man. Uh, if, if you have the time. Yeah. If you have the time. If not, run around your block, you know, but yeah. have fun with training. Um, I, I think I think people, too, that just it may be backing up a little bit, but that are getting into running, you talk about looking at each, you know, just what's right in front of you, and that's why they quit. But it's, I think it's also important to know and have a good why behind why, what you're doing. Because if, I mean, if you want to be a better runner because you listen to the 307 podcast and we talk about running, it, you'll probably be after it for a couple of weeks, and then you'll be like, mm, this ain't cutting it. I don't want to be a good runner anymore. So if it's really something you want to do, or even in, in down to a race, like you got to have a good why behind your why you're doing it. Or it don't matter how small you break it down, you're not going to do it because you don't want to. You don't have a big enough reason yeah. to do it. Yeah, you know? and so what got me into running, my why was a necessity. Yeah. It applied to what, you know, I had to do it in That's order it. to go do what I wanted to do as a SEAL. Um, but there are so many benefits from running, not only from a health perspective, but even from a mental health perspective. Yeah. There are so many benefits of it. And also just the adventure aspect of it. Like, it's really freeing to know that you can go out and cover 100 miles on foot. Yeah. You know, that's a freeing thing to know that you can go out and explore and move across terrain at a at a good pace for that amount of time. So you got tons and tons of benefits on this, man. Yeah, I think that's important. And like you said, keeping it fun. If you If you don't feel like running one day, you might still go run, but you don't want every run to be that way. If you don't feel like running three out of five times you run, then just run once a week and go do what you like to do the rest of the week and help that make you more well-rounded. And I mean, Yeah. Because if you just keep doing it, you're just going to grow your hate for it the more you do it and when well, you don't want to. That's the cool thing for me that CrossFit has provided. Yeah. It's like it's it's a great supplement to running, and it keeps running more – it keeps running fresh. You know what I mean? Because that's not all I'm doing every single day. I'm yeah. hitting the CrossFit gym in the morning, trying to get a run in in the evening. Uh, so it's great to have another aspect of fitness you enjoy, whether it's swimming, biking, CrossFit, to supplement your running. If you really want to focus on becoming a better runner, have something that you can throw in the mix throughout the week that's going to supplement your running, but it's not actually running. Yeah. That's a great, great idea, man. So we're hitting all this stuff at a high level, guys. Um, want to talk about uh, just one thing I want to say about gear is uh, gear. I'm not going to say that gear is not important, but your gear rarely. Well, your gear is not going to make you a better runner. All right, your your gear is maybe going to make you a more comfortable runner, uh, especially when you're talking about on race day over a long span of time. So, you can't get too wrapped around the axle on gear, man. Uh, shoes and socks are important for sure. Uh, probably the most important piece of gear that you can have, shoes and socks, because your foot is the is like the thing that's making contact with the ground. So, you got to keep that foot in good shape. Yeah. Gear, you guys know exoskin socks. If I'm running, I got my exoskin socks on. Uh Shoes, I've ran in Hoka's now primarily for probably the last year and a half. And that's what I found works for me. You may have to go through a bunch of shoes and stuff to figure out what works for you, but that's what works for me. When you got all these different shoes, and really if you're just getting started, you don't appreciate what the good shoe has to offer you in, until you just run. And then at that point, maybe some things do help you slightly, but it's not like a magic shoe that you wear. No, that, like oh, Chad wears those Hoka Speed Goats, and I get them, and I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be just like covering miles like he does. Oh. And you don't even appreciate what the Hoka has to offer you until you go run, and then you might appreciate the little bit better grip that it's got and a little bit more cushion. But you you just got to get out and experience with it. You or really experiment do. with it. You really do, man. 
Yeah, and Blake's right. Your performance, perform shoe is not going to affect a lot of your performance. Okay, I mean, look at freaking Chili. He runs in shoes that have ten thousand miles on them and have zero grip on them. Yeah, um, and he does just fine. So it it's just a it's a, it's a more of a comfort and efficiency thing yeah. is all it is. So that's gear. You could do a whole podcast on running gear. We won't belabor the point here. Last thing I want to talk about is how to find your first race and why even go to a race. Why even race? Why not just become a good runner? Well, for me, the way my mind ticks, I like to have something on the calendar that I can train for. It really... I'm going to run just about every day regardless because it's what I do. But I'm going to enjoy that that process and the running is going to have more of a meaning each day is going to have more meaning behind it. If I know I've got a race that I want to go and run or win. All right. So that's one reason to sign up for a race. It's going to help you stick with that training process. Another part of it is just the, the fellowship aspect. Race day is awesome. You know, I hear a lot of people that want to go out and do these, you know, that, and there's nothing wrong with going out and doing a 50-mile run by yourself or a 100-mile run by yourself, right? But I don't recommend that. Um, it, it Race day is just something special. When you get all these people together, you put your bib on, you're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. There are standards and parameters uh, around the, you know, around the race, cutoff times and, and, and all this, it's just a totally different, very special experience to go, especially yeah. to an ultra race. I, 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 that's all I can speak for. I've been to some five K's, never been to a marathon. I ran a 10 K like 10 years ago, one. Uh, so I can only speak to these ultra marathons and that's a big part. It's just it's just a, a spectacular thing. And it allows you to actually just focus on running too because everything else is taken care of for you. The, the aid stations, the food, the water, the trail markings. You don't have to worry about where you're going, where your food's coming from. Yeah. Like put some water in your vest and a couple snacks and eat when you get to the aid station and follow the flags and you don't have to think about anything else but just running. Yeah. And – I mean, at least that, for me, that and the, the atmosphere is really cool. Yeah, so, you know, there's there's nothing wrong. If you decide you want to run an ultra, all I'm saying is I recommend you doing your first ultra at a race and not just, you know, going out and doing it. It's just going to be totally different experience, man, if you just think you want to go out and do a hundred your first 100-miler by yourself. it is. I just feel like... For me, it's not as special yeah. Um, as doing it at a race where there are standards, parameters, cutoff times, fellowship, energy, all that right there. Uh, how do you pick your first race distance? I would say 50K is a great first race distance, but I recommend a 50-miler. If you want to run ultra, I would recommend a 50-miler. If you really want to put your put yourself through the full spectrum of pain that you're going to experience physically, the good physical pain, right, that, that we want to get from a challenge, I don't think a 50K does it. Well, and if you can do a 50K, you can do 50 miles. If you've put in the training to where you're going to be running a 50K, I mean, you can do 50 miles. Well, I think you can, but it's a whole. It's going to be a whole other level. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You can do it. If you're going to put all the energy into training for 50K and you go out there and you don't get what you wanted out of it, then you've just ran a 50K for nothing. And when if you would have pushed, you know, however many more miles it is, 18 more miles, you would have gotten the full benefit out of all the training that you put in before. You well, know? yeah. I, maybe that's another reason I... I recommend a 50 mile. It's yeah, I benefit. Yeah, you get full benefit. You really do, man. And I feel like a 50k for me personally, even if I run it fast, it it can be if you run a fast 50k, it can be hard. Like no doubt. If you run a fast marathon, it can be hard. But a 50 miler presents you with a different type of hard. Mm-hmm. And it's the grind. So for me, if you've trained properly and you're nice, your body's healthy, 
Look, there's not a lot of grit involved in running a marathon or 50K. Right when it starts to get into that grit, really just gritty, the grind mode, it's over. But if you go do your 50 miler, you're going to get to really tap in and build grit. All right. In my, that, this is just purely from my experience and also watching Blake. Blake's first race was a 50 miler. Yeah. Do you regret that? Or do you, I mean, would you have rather just went out and did a 50K or? No, I mean, it, yeah, in the moment, uh, sure. I, if, if you said, hey, there's a 50K option, uh, I mean, I, I know I still wouldn't have done it, but it would have been enticing in the moment to say, son, it's feeling rough right now that finish at 50K, it would have been enticing, but I wouldn't have taken it. And there's no way after the fact that you would go back and say, oh, I wish I'd have just done the, the 50K because it's, yeah, you, I mean, I can't say because I didn't do a 50K first and I, I mean, I haven't done a 50, a 50K at all. I tried to. I did the Duncan Ridge, but I missed the cutoff on <laughs> on that joker. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. I think 50 miles is the way to go because you got the longevity of the time that you're out there. And it, it's not even so much the, the distance. If if it took you 12 hours to run a 50K, then, then maybe you get some of the benefits that the 50 That's mile true. offered. I, I think it's the time spent out there versus really how how hard you're pushing and and the 50 mile gives that to everybody if it's your first one i mean unless you're i'm not going to put parameters on anybody but i think most of them are probably going to be maybe 10 to 12 hours on i think that's probably about average for a first 50 miler yeah yeah Yeah. um so that's a long time to be out there and to be moving and when you've never covered that distance you're not going to cover that in the training run so you're probably at least for me i'm i'm breaking into new territory uh, when I was training for that one, I think I did, I think I did a uh, twenty twenty one miles maybe twice before that, and so everything after twenty one miles was was a whole new step. I'd never stepped that step that many times before, and mm-hmm. so you know that that's all new ground, and the time spent out there was all new ground. The longer you're out there, the longer the weather's going to change. You know, we had rain, it got cold, it got hot. So we had, you know, all that depth. You just encounter a, a vast, a vast difference of of elements and problems and just different things to work through. And yeah, I mean, I think you just don't get that with with the shorter distances most of the time. Most people won't get that with a fifty k. Yeah, and, and you think fifty k, fifty mile, like you can compare that in your head and say, well, it's you've already done thirty one, thirty two miles. It's only 18 or 19 more miles, but... That's where you grow. Yeah, but it's not only, like, 18 or 19 miles is a long way... Like, if you're being... If you're doing percentages, maybe it's not in not that much, but it's still 18 or 19 more miles to go another, you know, whatever it was for us, probably four hours that you're out there, and so... Yeah, we had some... I had some terrible times on... Oh, boy, you were in rough shape. I thought I was in rough shape. Like, the first time I did that race. So, me and Blake, we both ran the same race for our first race. All right? On different years, Mm -hmm. I ran the Iron Mountain 50-miler was my first race. And then Blake went back a year or two later. Yeah, I can't remember if it was one or... I think it was the next year. It may have been the next year. And he ran the Iron Mountain 50-miler for his first race. And we ran that one together. But... That 50-miler for my first race, I think I finished in somewhere around 10 hours, and it obliterated me. Yeah. At least I thought it did until I saw you. Yeah, I mean, it took me. I think we barely made the cutoff. I think we was like 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it was like 11 hours and 45 minutes. Oh, son, they were packing aid stations up when we were we were coming yeah. through. I mean, we were just barely missing, barely making the cutoffs. Yeah, I remember you would get my bottles and go down there and fill them up, and I, I would never stop. Yeah, I would come in and you'd be like, "I got your bottles. Grab whatever food you want," and we would just keep rolling. And, well, uh, you'd never stop until you tried to act like your shoe was untied. Yeah, I had these uh, those bungee laces or something, and Chad wouldn't let me stop for something. And I said, "Hold on, I got to tie my shoe." 
And it got me just long enough break for him to realize I didn't have shoelaces, and he called me out on it, so then I had to get back on it. Oh, my gosh. This jugger had the terriblest stomach problems I've ever seen in my life, man. I remember my one of my, I don't know, my leg, calf, or something was cramping up, and you said, go get you one of them potatoes with some salt on it. And I thought, oh, and I walked over there, probably half out of my mind, and I dunked a boiled potato in a, in a, a Tupperware full of salt, son. I bet I had salt, my salt intake for two months. <laughs> then everything dried up on me. I've done that before too, gosh. man. I've done that before too. That was a good time though. I'm. Uh, that was good. We need to go back and run that race again. Yeah. One year. We might do that next year. Yeah. That's a fun race. It is a good grassroots, mm-hmm. no no fluff race. It yeah. really is. I'll tell you what else I learned on that race is when you, when I started out, I thought, I knew a little bit about running, and I was looking at these other people around me, in front of me running, looking at their gait, and I mean, just looking at their size, what they look like, and I was already saying, that joker, he ain't going to make this, he ain't going to finish this race, look how he's running, look, and then I'll be dang, all of them, all them ones I was saying that about finished in front of me, so maybe if you're one of those people who think, crap, I ain't going to be able to go run no 50 miler, you can't judge distant, you can't judge an endurance performance based on how someone looks or runs no as far as finishing the event like going out there and and doing decent now coming in first or going really fast you can you can kind of start to pick that out i think but as far as saying that person's gonna finish or they ain't no that there ain't no way i've learned that lesson multiple times and and you just don't even try if you're that person that thinks you can't do it because of how you look or run Stop. And if you're judging that other person saying, nah, he ain't that he ain't gonna finish that, just stop because he probably gonna beat you. Oh yeah. Look at our fifty K man. Yeah. We had we had probably the majority of our runners at the three seven project fifty K were first time ultra runners. Yep. Went we had guys from the construction industry, <laughs> we had guys that, that worked corporate jobs, we had first responders, we had uh, we had all types, all walks of life, all body types. Yeah. All you cannot look at these people and say whether they're going to finish or not. That's the beauty of ultra running, man. Yeah. It is. It's just because it's so much of it is mental. Yeah. So much. I, I can't put a percentage on it, but a, a large part of finishing these long endurance races is mental. Yeah. More so than physical. If your body's healthy. And you can just keep moving, constant forward motion. You're going to get the job done. Yep. So my recommended first distance for your ultra marathon, if you want to get full benefit in the real experience of ultra running, is 50 miles. Yeah. Now, after you run your first 50 miler, if you want to keep ultra running, go to a 100 miler. That's the next level. Don't go to 100K. 100K is about the stupidest distance I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Because, yeah, anyways... I won't belabor the point. We're almost at an hour here. 50-miler, then 100-miler. I remember you telling me at that race, there's two things I always remember you saying. is, Blake, I need you to give a little bit more, man. Yeah. I need you to give. And then I remember you saying, look, when you finish this race, you don't ever have to run another step in your life if you don't want to. Yeah. And when I finished, I thought, I ain't never running another step. (laughs) Now, a few days. you about held to that, Blake. Well, I still run, but. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'll stick to my guns. <laughs> oh, my word, man. All right, well, that's a good podcast, man. I hope you, uh, we want to give you runners some love out there, or you people that uh, might be interested in running or why we run. And I, I know that's all that stuff's from a high level, but, um, you know, it, it is it is what it is, and I enjoyed the conversation. So yep. hope you guys did too. We love you guys. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for supporting the podcast. If you got something out of this podcast, please share it on Instagram. Share it with somebody that you know. If you don't do social media, uh, that's the only way this works, man. That's how we hit a, that's how we hit a million downloads, yep. uh, you know, whatever it's been, a couple weeks ago or something. It's because you guys uh, are, are giving back to us by sharing the show. Uh, we can't promote the show just on our own because that's just not the way it works. We rely on the body of 3 of 7 Project to get the word out about the show. And, um, yeah, we just can't thank you enough, man. If you want to support the show on a higher level, join us on Patreon. we got a great family 
over there on Patreon. We do Resurrected three Sundays a month. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of benefits over there. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really we, – we've got some really great friendships and some people that we see on a weekly basis there on Patreon. So we love it. Check them out uh, if you want to support on that level. We greatly appreciate that. It's always just boggles my mind when I look at Patreon and I think this many people get – this much enough value from the podcast to give back out of their own hard-earned money, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't take lightly. No. It blows my mind, man, and I'm just so thankful for it. So love you guys. Enough said.